From San Diego, California, this is the One Extraordinary Marriage Show. We're being busy is overdone. Romancing is fun, and scheduling sex has taken the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. I'm Tony DeLorenzo, your co-host, along with my beautiful wife, Elisa. From coast to coast and around the world, thank you for joining us. It's time to talk sex, love, and commitment. Give us a call or text us on the Hug Hotline at 858-876-5663, or send us an email to hugs at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. In today's episode, we're talking about the impact that seasonal affective disorder can have on your six pillars of intimacy and your marriage. There's an anonymous quote that says, no winter lasts forever, no spring skips its turn. And I think as we're talking about the seasons and just the impact, just that reminder Mm -hmm. that winter doesn't last forever and that spring does come and and just the changing seasons. And as we jump into this episode, we start every One Extraordinary Marriage episode with a hug. And a hug is really, it's an opportunity for Tony and I to acknowledge what you're doing, to to share the breakthroughs that you're having with the one family so other people can latch onto that and go after their breakthrough as well. Mm -hmm. And this hug comes from an email that I received from a coaching client almost immediately after a session that we had. And she started with saying, I came into today's session feeling anxious, tense, unsure of myself, and I think carrying some shame for not reaching that big breakthrough. Mm. I left our session with a smile, hope, and confidence. Right on. Thank you. I plan to share that little nugget with my hubby later. I hope that on a busy, hectic day, you know how much your work means and the way it changes lives and saves marriage. Marriages, you have truly found your calling, and I feel so blessed to have you as a coach and to have OEM with you and Tony. Your guidance in all of this has been a gift from God. I've shared with more than one person, one who is ne- who is having issues and the other that I pray never really needs it, but learns from it. Hmm. It is never too late. Mm, that's really awesome. And you know what? There's no shame in not reaching that big breakthrough. I think many of us will feel like, oh, if I don't hit it, this or that. And you know what? We're all a work in progress. Mm-hmm. We get up each and every day. We hit more singles and doubles than we hit home runs. And yet, you know what? We keep looking at our spouse and we keep going, you know what? I'm committed to you. Mm -hmm. Sex, love, and commitment. That's what we talk about. That's the commitment part. Like every day I'm going to get up and I'm committed to you. And believe me, Elisa and I have had to say that many a times over the years when things aren't going exactly and we we haven't haven't experienced our own big breakthrough that we've we've wanted. And Mm -hmm. yet we go, we're on the same team and we're committed to one another. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I I talk to a lot, I have a lot of coaching clients all over the world. And, you know, this time of year, um, the Northern Hemisphere, I mean, and I know when it's our summer here, all of you in the Southern Hemisphere. um, Our winter here. Well, it's our winter, it's their summer, but, but flip when it's their summer. It's their winter. Or when it's our summer, it's their winter. Correct. Right. So this, this applies to everyone. It just might not be applicable to you when this episode is first released is all I'm trying to say. Cause you know, seasons, <laughs> seasons, that's all I'm trying to say. Um, but right now in the Northern hemisphere, we're, we're experiencing the shorter days, less sunlight, cold weather. And f- this year we've seen, I mean, good so grief. Specifically we t- here in the U S in the U S. Um, because we were just talking to somebody at church last weekend who was visiting family in Buffalo, Buffalo over Christmas. And he was just talking about like the ridiculous amounts of snowfall, um, winter storms, all of that kind of stuff. And you have been having a lot of coaching sessions where we're talking about the impact that the weather is having on the marriage. And, you know, I guess to some extent it, I start going, okay, well, I feel like I kind of need to be a meteorologist and go, what's, what's happening with the weather. Good thing. I have a great friend who is a, um, want to be a meteorologist. So I'm always kept up to date, but it is actually something that, that I start to look at. 
mm-hmm. for the one family. When I start looking at this and saying, okay, what is going on? What are the, what are the factors that are shifting marriages right now? And I want to say from the get go, um, full on disclaimer, Tony and I are not medical professionals. What we're sharing in this episode is not a substitute for medical advice. If you are worried that you might be suffering from seasonal affective disorder, please, 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 please go seek out professional medical help. Mm-hmm. Okay. I just, I just want to put that out there. We're talking about seasonal affective disorder from the perspective of marriage experts, mm-hmm. not medical experts. Correct. Okay. And I want to, I want to first give you a Mayo Clinic definition on what seasonal affective disorder is. I feel Mayo is generally one of the most respected um, in terms of medical information out there. And they refer to seasonal affective disorder as SAD, as AD. And it's a mood disorder characterized by depression that occurs approximately the same time each year. Symptoms can include fatigue, depression, hopelessness, and social withdrawal. This This often occurs in climates where there is less sunlight at certain times. And... That tells me that every winter we need to be closer to the equator. <laughs> That's what that tells me. That is what that tells me. I, I am not opposed to that. We keep moving further south. Um, we keep moving further south. We've been in San Diego for 20 years. Well, we did. Prior to San Diego, we were in Spokane, Washington. And that's actually, you know, part of our that's story tw- around this. That was 20 years ago. But, you know, work <laughs> you, with me on this. You make it sound like we like progressively gone south. We've lived in San Diego for 20 years. No, in San Diego, we just keep moving closer to the ocean. Um you're totally like taking me on a complete sidetrack okay. here. Okay. Sorry. It, it, a diagnosis though, I do want to say this of seasonal affective disorder is made by a mental health professional mm-hmm. after careful exam history, all of that kind of stuff. But what I found interesting is when I asked the question last week on Instagram, um, have either you or your spouse dealt with this? Mm-hmm. Some 58% of you said, yes, we have this in our marriage. And whether it's been an official diagnosis or you know enough about, you know, kind of the symptoms and whatnot that I've read and you're like, yeah, this kind of does happen every time of the year. The fact that almost 60% of you are experiencing this, that means it's something that we need to talk about. Mm -hmm. Because I know when we lived in Spokane, Washington, um, that's why we're farther south now. uh, That first winter, I remember I was working in a bank downtown. Yeah. And I'd moved up there in October. Spokane had totally lured us in with this beautiful late summer, early fall when we went to visit. I'm like, this place is amazing. I still think Spokane is amazing. Just winter is really challenging for me. And uh, so we get lured up there by you know beautiful trees and the green. And then all of a sudden, I remember standing in the bank that I was working in, in December, and I'm asking my coworkers, I'm like, what's wrong with the city? Like, why is it so dark? And this is like at 3.30 in the afternoon, 3.30, mm-hmm. 4 o'clock. And they're looking at me. And I, I remember a few of them actually started laughing because they were, you know, they'd been living in Spokane for much, much longer than I have. And they're like... like their whole life. <laughs> like their whole life, right? And uh, yeah, so in Spokane, and I actually looked this up in preparation for this episode, that on the winter solstice, so that's like that December 21st, sunset is at 4 p.m. Wow, it really... <laughs> Because I had to look because I'm like, why did I always feel like at 2.30, 3, 3, 3.30 that it was getting dark and I would like mm-hmm. really struggle. I'm like, I'm going to the bus stop because I took the bus there. I'm going to the bus stop in the dark. And like after lunch, it's already dark again. This this did not work for me. I so appreciate all of you that can live in the northern climates. I struggled. Mm-hmm. The The feeling of lethargy, of being tired, of just like no motivation. That was real. Well, and then it was just cold. On well, top of and on top of it all, I mean, it was just cold, and you and I have been 
shared many a times that we don't like being cold, even here in San Diego when it gets into like the 50s, it's cold for us. But I do remember that time as well. And mine is on the other side of it. And even here in San Diego, mine's on the other side. It's not the afternoon, it's the morning. It's the lateness that the sun comes up. And I feel like, oh, because I do enjoy getting up early Mm -hmm. and getting my workouts in, especially in the summer months when the sun's up. I love just jumping on my bike early in the morning. There's no cars out. It's wonderful. And yet right now, even this year, I have felt it more this year. Mm -hmm. Just And maybe it's because we almost have blackout curtains in our room as well right now. We're sleeping well. Um, That the morning is just a little tougher. I just feel like just that lethargic sort of like, okay, I can do this. Um, And I've had to really even put in some I am statements. I've talked about the power of a positive mindset and even myself waking up this year in the morning, just being like, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Like I I just start my morning that way Mm -hmm. and have had to, because I feel like the mornings to me just feel a little like, Oh, that, that alarm went off, snooze that thing again, snooze it again. You like, you like me to push the snooze button because you like coming up and cuddling behind me when the alarm clock goes off. So I'm not sure how much of that is winter. It's also because it's, it's just dark outside and, and, and I just don't want to deal with getting up. Yeah. Well, and I think that's a big part of this is, you know, there aren't, according to Mayo and a lot of other sites, because I kind of went searching all over for this, there aren't a lot of, a lot known about the specific causes for seasonal affective disorder, but they start to really talk about some of the factors that can come into play. And there were three that I kept seeing repeated on, you know, site after site after site. And the first one is the fact that your circadian rhythm, and you were just kind of referring to this, gets thrown off when you have those shorter sunlight. Well, and then it's also, we're dealing with, we also deal with fallback. So the time changes, you know, and now it's November. So it, it, you know, it, it just, that time change also, I mm-hmm. think as I've gotten older has impacted me more for some reason. I, I don't know. And, and I, again, I haven't gone into a medical professional to get diagnosed myself. I just know that when we hit that fallback time, I feel just, again, like trying to get myself moving mm-hmm. can be a lot. And I'm sure the circadian rhythm that I'm on right. isn't just like, oh, okay, we got to mess with an hour figure it out yeah i hate the time change i know you. it, do. it just like I, i'm 48 years old and i still can't figure out which way the clock's supposed to go it just doesn't make sense to me i want i, I like, and, and here's one thing i've shared with elisa many a times fall back so if but it's, see that doesn't so make that doesn't it's 8 a.m it's now 7 but see fall back why wouldn't i anyway spring forward it's 7 a.m now it's 8 a.m spring forward fall back see my brain says spring forward it would be six the numbers get small this has been an, you know 26 years of Tony having to deal with every time there's a time change. I'm like, oh. I don't deal with it. I just, I just sort of expl- couple- I try to explain it to you as best as I can every single time. It, so if you have anything in your life where it's just like one thing that doesn't make sense, just know you're not alone. It's kind yeah. of how I feel about time change. But so we have the circadian rhythm. So mm-hmm. when that gets kind of, you know, all messed up, which happens because of the decrease in the sunlight, um, it can disrupt your body's internal clock. And when your body's internal clock gets a little wonky, um, you can start to have feelings of depression, Mm. right? That can be a factor there. Serotonin levels, um, that is a brain chemical and neurotransmitter and it affects mood. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, reduced sunlight can also affect your serotonin production, cause a drop in it, which 
affects your mood, mm. right? You start to see about this whole sunlight thing, right? And the melatonin levels, which again, when your body is not being optimized, when you aren't really in your regular rhythms, you can have a decrease in melatonin. And again, it disrupts your sleep patterns and your mood. So we have all of these things that with shorter days with, you know, less sunlight can really start to impact your mood. And when you start to think about it, like, oh my gosh, if I'm not sleeping well, mm-hmm. if I don't have heightened levels of serotonin, if all of these things are happening, if my mood's impacted, guess what? It's going to impact your marriage because you Truth. are not doing this by yourself. And here's what some of you had to say about the impact that it's had on your marriage. Everything lacks joy, passion, purpose. The non-sad spouse becomes the caretaker and has to carry the load for the other spouse. Mm. I struggle with bigger emotions, which makes emotional intimacy difficult for my husband. I'm unmotivated to be active. He's more moody and it makes me wary to be open all the time until I can gauge his mood. Mm. We're more tired. It impacts every area of marriage because I'm depressed and have no motivation. Makes us disconnected and creates insecurities. Recreationally, I don't want to do anything emotionally I'm grumpy and on edge mm-hmm. you start to hear those things and you're like oh my gosh mm-hmm. maybe I've never been aware of the fact that we seem to have these patterns where a certain time of year why are we just kind of going at each other or feeling more disconnected it might be that you're dealing with some of this at some level maybe not a full-blown diagnosis but being aware of how sad is affecting your marriage can be a game changer in how the two of you actually navigate this season we're going to talk about that after this break did you know the average couple waits six years to get help from challenges in their marriage that's six years of struggling and feeling like something is off of wondering why you can't seem to change things stop waiting at one extraordinary marriage we offer marriage coaching with elisa Elisa coaches couples just like you wanting more in their marriage. Here's what one husband had to say. We were at the point of changing our behavior or going our separate ways. My wife suggested marriage coaching, but I was skeptical. I didn't need to be skeptical. Elisa helped us get to the core of our issues and gave us the tools we needed to have an awesome marriage. Now our marriage is stronger than ever. Our communication is better. Our finances are transparent. We discovered date nights again, and our sex life is wow. If you think marriage coaching isn't for you, I promise that if you are committed to making a change, that is exactly the road you should take. Apply for coaching at oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash coaching. Don't wait six years. Go to oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash coaching. We're back and we're talking about what to do if seasonal affective disorder is impacting your marriage. And I, you know, I have to say, I love the one family because when we ask the question, you know, to the point of, well, what have you found that works in your marriage? You all are so quick to share what's worked mm-hmm. for the two of you. We got responses like, I go tanning a couple times a week. Here, here's something interesting. When I saw that here, I remember when I went to Boulder for okay. college. For college, I mean, yeah. this is years ago. I mean, I was 18 when I left. But I remember that first winter. And you would think coming from Southern California, I grew up outside of Palm Springs area, and, and so you think, well, it's not that far away and Boulder has like 300 days of sunshine. Mm-hmm. And yet that first winter, I remember just going like, what is going on? Like, again, the first snow and all that sort of thing. Like even when we were in Spokane, woohoo, this is great. Yay! It's so cool. And yet I was like, oh my gosh, what do I have to do? I remember talking to somebody way back then going, you know what? You're from Southern California. Go to a tanning salon. And wow. just get 
And I remember doing that other than getting burned, which I do remember just being like super red. Right. I know. Um, I did feel better. Yeah. I didn't go back because I got so burned yeah. in, in this tanning bed. I didn't know. I, again, I was eight, an 18-year-old guy walking into a tanning so salon. So think early 90s tanning beds, if that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're not what they are today. But I do remember coming out of that just feeling like, oh, wow. Okay. I got my step back. Like mm-hmm. I, I just had like some sunshine because it was just this period of time where it was just cold. And it, it was one of those periods in Boulder where it just was more cloudy and overcasty, not overcast, but it was just dreary yeah. than, than sunny. Well, and I know even for myself, I mean, we were just in Hawaii over Christmas and mm-hmm. all Abby Wonderful. and I, all Abby and I wanted to do was sit by the pool. And when I started to actually see the skin color from tanning, um, I do. I just feel better. Mm-hmm. I, it just, it makes me happy. And I remember when we lived in Spokane, I remember as we were like coming to the end of January, beginning of February, that first winter we were there and we only survived two winters. One and a half. One and a half. Yeah. <laughs> we, we got out the second winter. I got pregnant and that was it. Yep. Um, but I remember all of a sudden it seemed like everybody in the bank was on vacation. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't figure this. I'm like, what is the deal? And they're coming back and nobody vacationed to someplace like further up north. Like when they weren't going to Canada, everybody was going someplace tropical. It was Hawaii. It was the Caribbean. It was Mexico. And I'm like, what is the deal? Yes. I remember that as well. Everybody was going to get warm to thaw out and to get a tan. Yeah. And so it really does tie in with this, that phototherapy. Um, you know, other people shared they do counseling, you know, just being aware of and feeling the feelings. We take more walks. Mm-hmm. That's really get good. Get out and, and, and you know, really be in that place of walk and talks. Recognizing when it's the season. And I love the specificity of this one comment because the person that wrote in said, for me, it's just after Christmas. This person knows exactly kind of when it starts Hmm. And then says, and verbalizing it so that my husband understands what's happening. Mm-hmm. So it's not just the awareness, but it's also that building that emotional intimacy and saying, ah, it's, it's coming on mm-hmm. and being able to share that therapy, exercise. Uh, the exercise one for me this year, that's been a big one. Um, just been lifting more and in seasons past and years past, my exercise has been, I'll get on my bike. I have what are called rollers. And it's like an indoor trainer, and I would just spin there. Mm-hmm. And for the last couple of years, I'm doing it because I'm getting some exercise. I'm moving. I'm I'm sweating, and yet I told Elisa this the other day. I just feel like blah still because all I'm doing is sitting on my bike mm-hmm. inside. And so what I've changed up this year is three to four days a week, just getting up, getting into the garage doing a 30 to 40 odd minute just lifting type workout and it's changed my my mood it's changed my just my like okay I can get this going th- uh, today mm-hmm. like I'm gonna get started a little earlier I'm gonna get this exercise in I'm gonna and it, it's really helped because then on my writing days like on a Saturday I can get up a little later it warms up I can get mm-hmm. that sunshine and, and it just feels good so for me that's a that's been a big change this year absolutely um yeah. And the exercise, I mean, do what you can, but do something, mm-hmm. right? Be in that place of doing that. Um, somebody else said, we spend more time snuggling, watching movies together. I love mm-hmm. that. That just allows, you know, e- even when the mood is off, that physical intimacy mm-hmm. can still happen, right? Th- those hugs, those cuddles on the couch, um, providing a safe space for my spouse to feel what he's feeling. 
right? Being that, you know, as the two of you, and this is something that happens over the life of a marriage, right? You start to see what the patterns are. You start to see, you know, what are the rhythms mm-hmm. that a marriage has? You know, as the one person I shared, you know, a couple minutes ago said, you know, for me, it's after Christmas. Well, if the two of you know this, then, then how intentional can you be about your emotional intimacy? Maybe your recreational intimacy. Maybe that is when you plan a trip mm-hmm. after Christmas where you go someplace warmer. Maybe it's saying, hey, you know what? We are going to do walk and talks, you know, as the weather permits. Because I know this year people have been blasted by, you know, crazy winter storms, snowstorms, and rain and all kinds of stuff. So maybe you can't get outside then. But really being intentional about when you can, when the sun is out and saying, you know what, we're going to be active. Mm-hmm. Outside. And some of you may actually say, you know what, I need to be active so much that I'm going to do it even when the weather stinks. Just mm-hmm. be smart about dangerous weather, please. Like I just got to put that caveat on there. But really making a choice to say, hey, if we know what the rhythms are in our marriage, let's not use this as an opportunity to really like go after each other and just to fall into this place where we're nitpicking and we're, we're you know, adding to the conflict and we're just making the season harder. What happens if with awareness, the two of you actually step into this place of saying, hey, we know this happens in our marriage. What can we do to be successful? Do we need to line up the the therapy or the counseling before the season starts so that you're already in preparation? Do we need to make Mm. a decision ahead of time to, you know, get moving and just build in in our our winter months? You know, even if you live in the colder climates, maybe you're into snowshoeing or cross-country skiing or something that actually gets you out and, and gets you going even when it's cold, but you're, you're being intentional about your movement and that recreational intimacy. Is it saying, you know what, we're going to be really intentional when it comes to our physical intimacy of we're going to use this, this seasonal effective time to actually be more cuddly, to be close with one Mm -hmm. another and to really start looking at your different pillars of intimacy and to use them as a framework to actually navigate the season. It's interesting you say that because I'm just sort of thinking through this this last, you know, few months, especially since time changed in November and going around our sexual intimacy, for instance, Mm -hmm. I found it. And I think you have as well. If we wait to the evening to connect, romance one another, initiate, I mean, we're doing it during the day. And yet if we're waiting until the evening to actually have sexual intercourse, in my opinion, I feel like it's blah. It's very, um, it's almost sterilized. It's very just sort of like, touch me here. I'll touch you there. Let me touch you a little bit more here. You'll touch me there a little bit more. Roll over, have sex, be done with it. Mm -hmm. And you've been very adamant, I think, this year of just being clear of just going, hey, if if we can move this during daylight hours, it's much more enjoyable for you. Oh yeah. And, and and so just even thinking about that, even just right now going like, Oh wow, I didn't catch that. Um, but other than the, I I've noticed when we are trying to have sex at night, it's just sort of like, this is like, it hasn't worked lately. It, it, just, it just straight hasn't. up hasn't worked. It, it's just so like, Oh my gosh, can we get this thing done? Because I don't feel like we're engaging as we want to, we're, we're, we're still there. And yet it's just not, it's it's just not at the place that we want it to be. We we want to connect sexually. It's it, just you, you, in you know all what honesty, I'm daytime sex right now is 180 degrees different than nighttime sex. Like like if I can just be that. our bodies are even 180 degrees different. What does that mean? Like 69. <laughs> okay, I'm like you, you get I'm it. 180 like, no. degrees. Uh, okay, uh, never uh, mind. Oh, okay, now. now. <laughs> 
Oh, Tony. I was trying to be funny. That was like such a dad like I was trying to be funny. You were okay. I get it, but it was just it was like it took a lot of mental energy. Yes, it Um, did. But like literally, there is in a a night and day difference in our sexual intimacy right now, And, and it is so much better during the day. And so I don't know, like even when we're talking about sexual intimacy, I don't know what your opportunities are to have sex during the day. Um, but I would challenge you if it's a possibility on a weekend because your work schedule is Monday through Friday, don't allow it. Try it. Mm-hmm. See if, you know, when the sun is out and you just have more energy and that type of thing, if it makes a difference. Because if it does, then maybe during the winter months, you really do say, hey, you know what? We're not just going to save this for the night. And, and believe me, right now, we have both kiddos home. One Hooray! is one is one is basically here all the time because he's down for for winter break. And so believe me, our opportunities in trying to make that happen just like you, trying to schedule, trying to figure it out, making it happen and then getting to those places where it's like, "Oh my gosh, yes." And then all of a sudden the door opens. The garage opens. Somebody's knocking on the door. Yeah, you know. So we face this as well and do know that we look at our six pillars of intimacy and we're strengthening them like Mm -hmm. in those moments. Okay. Like after child comes in and talks for a little bit and we are well past where we were like, when are we going to pick this up again? Mm -hmm. It's a simple conversation. Sometimes they're out the door and they're gone again and we can pick it up. Other times it's not, they're hanging out. And so it's having that simple conversation of like, all right, when are we going to pick this up again? Mm -hmm. And, Hey, we did an episode a little while ago about edging. So maybe you're right there. And this is just one of those edging moments where you're like, Hey, you're going to hold off for a few hours or maybe 24 hours until the next opportunity. You know, at the end of the day, we, we talk a lot about seasons Mm -hmm. on this show. And if you are in a season right now where the shorter days, less sunlight, colder weather is impacting your marriage is impacting you. Like, let's just start with you first. Mm Mm-hmm. It's time to really step into a place this week of reflecting mm-hmm. on where you're at right now and, and how you're doing and, and opening the conversation with your spouse to say, hey, here's what I think might be going on. I'm not sure I have this full, you know, full blown disorder that Tony and Lisa were talking about on the podcast, but I can see where these these factors, the shorter day, less sunlight, colder weather, I can see where that is kind of impacting me. Mm-hmm. And so can we talk about how we're going to look at our six pillars of intimacy in this place. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about what that might look like? And you don't have to talk about all six. Maybe you just pick a couple where you're like, I think I could take action here and it would make a difference. Come to your spouse with the awareness of what's going on with you and come to your spouse with suggestions on where one or two or maybe three of those pillars, the two of you could make a difference in them in this season, mm-hmm. right? Don't try and tackle everything. Take care of your mental health because your mental health really does make a difference in your marriage. And and that's why we do an episode like this to talk about those types of things to say, hey, if it's impacting you, it's impacting your marriage. And we want to see the two of you have the extraordinary. Yeah. There are three things you can do this week and we would challenge you to do it. Get help. Go to a counselor. Go to a therapist. Doesn't have to be your forever counselor or therapist. It just may be a seasonal one. Maybe you're just going for, you know, four, eight, 12 sessions. Just during this time, it helps you to get some clarity. Get moving, like we were sharing and others shared. Get outside, go do something. Move your body in a way that just gives you vitality, gives you life. You feel like, oh, okay. And then get some sunlight, phototherapy. 
you know, get that sunshine, especially for those of you who are in that northern hemisphere or northern uh, parts of the country and even into Canada, like get something where you're getting that sunlight. You know, you're feeling that sun on your Mm -hmm. body. Um, even if it just breaks out for, you know, half an hour in the middle of the day, I, I, I remember just even myself just a couple of weeks ago after coming back from Hawaii, the sun had popped out and I remember just sitting out there, just my back to it and just going, Oh, this feels so, so good. Wherever you may be, uh, you know, just think about this. Just, just, just give yourself some times, like Elisa said, just think about it. It may not be the full on disorder. Like Elisa and I wouldn't go get checked because I don't think either of us are full blown. And yet we can sense when things aren't exactly where we want them to be. So just having that knowledge and understanding just opens up even us to be able to go, Oh, I got it. That's why this is going on here. And this is why that's happening there. Got it. And that in itself can be the difference between just going through your marriage and having the extraordinary marriage you desire. So go out there this week, go take one of those three that we shared here today, go put it into practice for yourself and for your marriage. You guys have yourselves a fantastic week and we'll catch you next week. Love you guys.